Hi, welcome to Ghost Hose. I'm Connie. And I'm Q. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been 12 years. It's been at least a year. Life happens. I moved offices, and then I moved whatever. But it doesn't matter. We're back. Yeah, we're, we're back. Spookier than ever. Yes. Hopefully, mm-hmm. take in some of your thoughts, and we'll put it into the show. Perfect. <laughs> Oh man, I am definitely rusty. This is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Just a little update, I guess, for me. Not a whole lot has changed in my life. Still live in the same place, still have the same shitty job. I did, however, visit Europe. That was very exciting. You fancy lady with your fancy vacations. So that was one of my highs, one of my lows. Both my cats died. So I will not be speaking about them anymore. I mean, I might still reference them, because I'm pretty sure I'm being haunted by one of them. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Anything spooky happened to you? Uh, Oh, so many things, but I'll just do one at a time for the next couple weeks. That (laughs) Uh, works. Everyone who sees, who visits my new home says something has happened here. Including me. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely got a vibe. Like, I don't know if it was murder or just some banging 70 swinger parties, uh, whatever. But it's something. It's definitely in, uh, ominous, intimidating. I don't know. These are words that have been thrown at me. So, <laughs> But I like it. Oh, I love your house. I think it's amazing. Well, thank you. Anything spooky happen to you, boo? Funny enough, I'm pretty sure Cuddles is haunting me. But, like, not in a bad way. I see, like, flashes of white. So she was gray and white. And, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm just going crazy, Mm -hmm. but I will sometimes, like, where she would normally, like, walk around my door from, like, my bed, I will see, like, little flashes of white, like, oh, she's there, she's gonna jump on the bed. No, there's no jumping on the bed. (laughs) Because she's not here. Yeah. Yeah, that's really it. And then my, like, little thing at your house where I thought I saw someone walking behind me in the reflection of your <laughs> your glass door. Just now, before we started recording, something fell to my left, and I have no idea what happened. So that happened. <laughs> Mysterious! Well, that's still exciting. We're going to have more spooky bullshit happening. Yeah. Now that we're getting back into our ghost mode. I know. I think because I haven't been focusing on it. We've had the discussion yeah. before. When you're not, like, thinking about it, you're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what's happening. Yeah, definitely. Shall we go to... Spooky, scary news bulletins. Yes! Please, tell me a story. <laughs> All right, cute. I know you're a fan of Ed and Lorraine Warren. So this might interest you. So the Conjuring House was recently sold to a couple of paranormal investigators, Corey and Jennifer Heinzen. They plan on restoring it and opening it up for tours in the future. I guess they're probably going to make it look uh, as close to it did when the parents were tormented there back in the 70s. But in the meantime, the family is living there and recording everything 24-7. That's so awesome. Which is probably going to give their poor teenage son, Kyler, some sort of complex. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, everything. I'm really, Mom, we have to have the cameras on all the time. Oh, that's so uh, The cool. family says they've started experiencing unexplained phenomena, mostly along the lines of strange noises and doors opening by themselves, which sounds pretty tame, but that's on par with how crazy hauntings begin, so we'll keep an eye on this. Uh, it would be cool if they caught like some Conjuring-level stuff on film. I know. 
So wait, is the recording, they're just keeping it for themselves? There's not like a live feed or anything like that? Cause that'd be kind of There's cool. no live feed, but they are going to put it together and release bits of evidence that they have found. Um, that's part of their plan. You know, also that's going to be good um, advertisement for when they open up okay. the property for tours. I think that's probably their plan. Why would they keep the evidence to themselves? No, ghost hunters want to keep evidence to themselves. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's not a thing that, no, no, everyone wants to show their ghost stuff. I'm like, I look at this picture of an orb. Like, yeah, okay. I think true. we'll hear about this in the future. Well, I'm excited. It kind of reminds me, yeah. do you remember there was that um, guy who kept tweeting about, was it, was it on Twitter? He kept tweeting about his like haunted apartment. Oh yeah, Dear David. Yes, Dear David. I kind of want to follow up on that. Maybe we'll follow up on that next week. Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be like a movie coming out on that. We'll have to, I have to look back into Stop. it. Yes. Stop. I I maybe I just maybe made that up. Who knows? No, I, I want it, it now. Now it needs to happen. Okay. We're releasing well, it to the internet and the internet yeah. will take it and create it. <laughs> All right, I got another story for you here. In early July this year, a Nevada man was pulled over for using the carpool lane incorrectly. He was driving a hearse to a funeral home with some body in the back. (laughs) (laughs) He thought, well, mathematically, there are two people in this vehicle, but the cop said, no, sir, corpses do not count. That's hilarious. Yeah, so the Nevada Highway Patrol issued a statement via a tweet I guess we should clarify this, living, breathing people count for the HOV lane. I can only assume that based on his decision to try the HOV lane, the driver was strapped for time to get this former person to the funeral. Factor in the time to get pulled over and issued a warning, I bet that somebody was late to their own funeral that day. (laughs) Iconic. That's awesome. That's the spooky news. Thanks for the update, Connie. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. (laughs) That's fun. All right. Let's tell some ghost stories, boo. Oh, I'm so excited. It's been so long. It has been. What if we have the same story? Please don't have the I same story. I highly doubt it. Because mine's okay, very specific well. to me. Okay, cool. Well, tell me your story. <gasps> oh, I get to go first. Okay. I was originally going to do Bran Castle or Castle Bran or Dracula's Castle, whatever the hell you want to call it. But there's not a whole lot of information. So I'll still go over the castle and then another haunted area in Transylvania. So I visited Romania last fall and I actually got to visit the castle. So it is in Transylvania, Romania, in the town of Bran. So I'm still confused. I didn't have time to look it up to like clarify if Transylvania is the area and Bran is the town or like what Transylvania technically is considered. Maybe like a county or a state. Maybe something like that, I think. But it's in the town of Bran, and I have a a few facts about the castle. Um, So a lot of this is probably well-known facts, but we're going to go over it anyway. So it's said to have inspired Bram Stoker's Dracula. So there's actually a lot of argument over this. Um, A lot of people are like, hardcore, yeah, this is what inspired it. it. You know, when you hear the description from the book, it looks like the castle. Blah, blah, blah. But don't like all castles kind of look like that? <laughs> well, it's it's definitely pretty unique because it's like straight up in the stone. Like it was built oh, okay. in the stone. It's really cool. Basically, it looks like it's growing out of the mountain. Ooh, wow. It's, that is yeah, cool. it's pretty neat. It was home to, and I, I want to make sure I'm saying his name right. Everyone calls him Vlad, but I'm pretty sure it's just short for Vladimir, right? Like, 
I, yeah. Every article I look up does not say Vladimir, but I like saying Vladimir. Vladimir, and I think it's Tepes or Chepes or Chepesh. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not very the good with third the third one sounded like familiar. Like Chepesh. I've heard that on a, maybe. I, I think you have to like add some C's in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, and some H's. It's easier and harder than it looks. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> no, otherwise known as Vlad the Impaler. And he was famous for skewering his enemies on state. Beautiful. What a guy. <laughs> so 1377 is the first documentation of the castle. When King Louis I gave permission to the Saxons to build it. The construction was completed 11 years later. Because it's old as shit and things took a really long time. <laughs> And if they're building it straight out of that fucking mountain like that, yeah, and it's, it's gotta be a little it's complicated. It's all stone, so yeah, it's it took a bit. It's twenty five hundred feet above sea level in the Carpathian Mountains. There's twenty two acres, so it's huge. It has fifty seven rooms, and for the low price of one hundred thirty five million U S dollars, the castle what? can be yours. At least that's oh, what it was for listed sale. for. <laughs> Yeah, it was listed for that in 2014. So I don't know if it's still listed. I think they're still trying to technically sell it. I don't know who owns it. who has that money. Right. Yeah, who wants wants that responsibility, too? Like, you have to be a certain type of person. Yes. And plus have that money. Right. Which is usually you're one or the other. The type of person or you have the money. Why can't they be both? Well, there's Enough. only so many weirdos with so many dollars. Right, only so many dollars. Maybe we can crowdfund this. <gasps> we will oh my god, own everyone Vlad's can own the castle. castle. <laughs> we'll do like a timeshare. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. I do think they do overnights. It has to be part of like a tour group or something. Next time you're in Romania. Well, and I highly recommend going. We'll get to that later. But there are each year... There are 560,000 tourists that visit the castle. So one of them can be you. So on top of Vlad, it was also home to a lot of other royalty, including Queen Marie, who lived there in the early 20th century. Queen Marie of what? Of of Romania? (laughs) I don't know. They didn't specify. The Romanian royalty. A lot of this information, I give credit to this video I watched from Amy's Crypt. I just kind of wanted to give her credit. She took a tour of the castle and kind of talked about some of the hauntings there. So it's said to be a very haunted castle, but I wasn't finding a whole lot of stories. But the things I did found, people have seen the apparition of Queen Marie in her bedroom. And in the video she was showing the bedroom, like, oh my god, I have a picture of that. It was just really cool, like, <laughs> oh, like, I was too cheap to, like, pay for the guided tour, so I just kind of yeah. walked around and looked at stuff and not really knew what I, like, I just didn't know what I was looking at. I'm like, that's cool, this yeah. is old. Look, this is old. Mm, nice old room. Mm, is this stone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at these tapestries. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the apparition that people have seen in her bedroom, and then there's the secret passage from one floor of the castle to another floor not that secret everyone calls it a secret passage there's doors to it so it's like clearly it's an entrance well maybe they used to have like stuff in front of the doors you know. uh, maybe i don't know but it's like it was not so secret 
because I took the passage and it's actually really cool. <laughs> what if back in the day it was secret because they had a sign on it and it just said broom closet or something. So now this obviously is, no one's going to go in the broom closet because it's <laughs> a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There could have been all sorts of ways to like make that door look nondescript. <laughs> so people say that that's haunted, but there's nothing saying why it's haunted or things that have happened in the passage. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's definitely creepy. I've walked up it. There's no, like, handrail. It's just, like, a rope on the wall. <laughs> and that's what That's you, fine. Like, so if you kind of just... lose your step, you got this rope. You got a and rope it's not a very taut rope either. So if you fall and you push down on that rope, you're just going down. Because it's super Perfect. loose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Safety first. I have a funny story about that passage. So I was definitely, like, a horrible tourist. And totally mm-hmm. an American. And like... Uh-huh. You wear an American flag. <laughs> I should have worn an American flag. <laughs> but I went on Halloween. And it's not... Halloween's not celebrated the same way there that it is here. Mostly children dress up, but the adults don't. So I go there on Halloween. And of course, I'm crazy. And I go on in a full costume of Mavis from Hotel Transylvania. Because I'm like, dumb I'm in Transylvania. <laughs> That happens, and then I'm going into the castle, and I enter through the wrong way. I went through the exit, so no one ever checked my ticket. <laughs> it's just like, okay, <laughs> I didn't. I should. I didn't have to pay, but I obviously did. No one scanned my ticket. You just to can't read because... Romanian, so you didn't know entrance from exit. <laughs> well, it was just confusing. Like I saw it, and I saw people going up the one way. I'm like, no, I want to go this way. And I did see other people go that way. And so I kind of took the t- like the walking way backwards as well. So I ended up at the uh-huh. top of that secret passage. And I see all these people coming out. I'm like, when are these people going to be done? I want to go down. So I, find- I eventually had to go back around. I realized it's because that was the natural flow. Yeah. And so it was just like everyone that was there was going up those steps. Mm. And there was no way I would have gotten down. So... I'm glad I eventually gave up. But it's really cool. Like I said, there's not a whole lot of experiences that I found. But they do say that the surrounding village um, is also haunted at night by the castle's brutal past. That does not surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can only have so many dead bodies before somebody decides, like, you know what, I'm going to be a ghost about this. (laughs) So when I stayed there, I stayed in Brasov, which is like a 30-minute drive. So I had to take this like shady-ass bus that I kid you not had like red velvet curtains on it. It was weird, but awesome and hot. It was October. I was sweating. Like it was so bad. But I lived through it with the very little Romanian I learned between the car ride from the airport to the hotel. Oh, God. I only got yelled at once by someone who I I tried to get water from. (laughs) One quick fact about Bran. It's actually Romania in general. So, like, when you... I don't know if it's, like, when you enter the town or if it's just Bran and Brasov, but, like, they have the town names in the mountains, like the Hollywood side, and they light up at night. And it's amazing. Oh. It's so weird. But I'm like, I love this. So just a little fact about Bran and Brasov. So now to the spookier stuff. Because there is definitely a really haunted area in Transylvania. 
I don't know how to say, like, pronounce the name. I was going to look up the pronunciation, but we're just going to go with it now. Do your best. <laughs> it's called, oh, God, here we go. Hoya Bachu, maybe? Oh, Bachu. yes, Hoya Bachu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a mm-hmm. forest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm cool. just going to refer to it as the forest going forward because I cannot say that name again. So We agree, so we do it. <laughs> So not only is it supposed to be haunted, but there was also a claim, and Connie, you're going to love this, that oh, yeah. I love, you're going to hate it. Uh, there's mm, also a claim aliens. that a UFO <laughs> had been sighted over the forest, which is apparently photographed by Emil Barney, Barnia, uh, a military technician in the 1960s, 70s, and the government at the time associated believing in paranormal shit with being crazy and he lost his job so basically we'd be fucked (laughs) yeah um well we don't work for the government true i don't know though if they just like pick out people too like you're fucking crazy Um, so you're fired from your job at the gas station we're gonna send you to like an insane asylum there was also a biologist alexandru sift could also gotten some photos of a disc-shaped object over the forest. And that's the end of the aliens, I promise. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so I can people... so many aliens. <laughs> I love how much you hate aliens. <laughs> Everyone's gotta have their thing and their anti-thing. It's cool. My thing, I hate Matt Damon. I don't I don't understand it. It's just the thing. His face is pretty disappointed. <laughs> People have seen ghostly apparitions, there have been disappearances, and other mysterious happenings. At the very center of the forest, it's completely cleared of trees, and this is referred to as the Devil's Heart. Um, all the trees are, grow in like really weird ways, spiraled vents. It's basically out of like a fairy tale, but like a very spooky fairy tale, <laughs> which is all the of The best kind of fairy tale. So it's nicknamed by some as the Bermuda Triangle of the country. The forest was named after a shepherd who had gone missing with a flock of 200 sheep. So I'm not sure if that means him and all 200 sheep went missing or if he just went missing when he had his 200 sheep. Oh, yeah, that's also that's a lot of fucking sheep. Like. Like you think? Yeah. Like okay, I can understand one man going missing, but one man plus two hundred sheep is right. a lot of missing. That's so many, so much missing. So where would you put two hundred sheep? How, how, how? I don't even know if you have two hundred sheep in the woods. Like, did they literally just walk into nothingness? I don't understand. I don't understand either. But it's pr- very mysterious. It's very mysterious. This is a very mysterious forest. Some people have stated when they enter the woods, they feel nauseous, anxious. And like they're being watched. And their electronic Perfect. devices fail. So basically I this is hell. <laughs> like, all the worst feelings you could feel. Plus you can't use your phone. There is a myth that a five-year-old girl disappeared in the woods. And then emerged years later unchanged and in the same clothes. So kind of like there was that show this reminds me of. I don't remember what it was called, but it was, like, the same shit. People, like, didn't age, and they had been missing for, like, 20-something years. 
They, I think they were missing from like different years. They disappeared at different times, okay. but they all reappeared at the same time. Okay. I can't remember what it's called either, but I do recall that. Yeah. So that's what this reminds me of. So a lot of the information going forward was from an article written by Sophie Buchan, who took a tour of the forest. I wanted to point that out because there's some stories from the tour guide. So the the tour guide had camped in the forest with friends, and throughout the night, they were woken by hoof noises of a horse or a large deer. And whenever they'd stick their heads out of the tent, the noises would stop. So then this guy's like, oh, I'm going to go sleep out in this hammock to try to get closer to the noises, similar to the ones we're experiencing currently. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Anyway. So he's sleeping on his hammock and, like, is almost immediately awoken by a bat to the face. <gasps> what? Like a fucking... That, that, wait, wait. Not, wait, a, not a, baseball a baseball bat. bat. Or a... <laughs> like a bat. Like a bat. Like the, the fucking creature. Okay, okay. <laughs> Which right, is still cause... just as bad, I feel like. I, I mean, mean, I guess... A bat. I guess it's better because uh, if it were, like, a baseball uh, a... bat... Like a an animal bat is much smaller, and I would rather have a an animal bat to the yes. face than a baseball bat to the face because I feel like you know you could probably die from a baseball bat. To well, the also face. that means that there's someone holding the baseball bat, and yeah. they're going to continue. Who wanted you. to do you harm with a with a bat? It's just, yeah. just like flying around trying to live their life, and you, <laughs> your face got in the way. It's really your fault. So then, during another tour. There was a man who went kind of crazy on yeah. the tour and claimed that he met a demon. So just, just like a, a man. A weird fact about that. He also had a tattoo of a demon on his chest that he thought that he had gotten to ward off demons. So it's funny that a demon <laughs> yeah. spoke to him. I don't know. It's a weird story. So then just some other things that happen. People complain of unexpected rashes, scratches, burns, and other unusual feelings. They've also seen mysterious orbs of light and experienced missing time. Some people believe the woods are haunted by Romanian peasants who were murdered there and they're trapped within the forest. I couldn't find any more information on who murdered these peasants. Vladimir. Um, yeah, it was Vladdy. But he probably him. He's so full of murder, you know. Exactly. And there Where do you seems- think all those people he put on spikes came from? Probably right there. <laughs> there seems to be a poltergeist, people believe, because there was a TV investigator, paranormal investigator, that had visited. They didn't say who. Probably Baggins. So when that investigator came, they were scratched and then thrown to the ground by an unseen force. A lot of this activity happens in that dead zone, the devil's heart. And there's like a ton of other stories, but um, I'm going to cut it short so that this episode isn't like 5,000 years. But I know I promised no chit chat and I know I already talked a little bit about my my trip. But one more thing, Uh my driver from the airport to my hotel was hella cute and his name was Vladimir. (gasps) (laughs) Well... So, Vladimir, if you are listening to this podcast, um, call Q. Email us. I'd love to be like Facebook friends with you. <laughs> and that is my story of haunted Transylvania. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. Bam, boo. Today I'm going to tell you about the New York House of Death. Oh. Yes, dramatic name, I know. 
So this classic New York brownstone at 14 West 10th Street was built in the 1850s. It was, of course, a single-family home that has since been turned into 10 apartments, which, of course. I've read all sorts of conflicting numbers about this house. Some sources say 22 people have died there. Some say as many as 44 murders have Holy occurred there. shit. Yeah, but most sources seem to agree that there's 22 ghosts that call this place home. Um, trying to find out more details is a little tough because there's one famous ghost, one hard-to-find memoir, and one famous murder. Uh, so the famous ghost. Bam. The first thing you'll find out about this house is that Mark Twain lived there, guys. Mark Twain, the Samuel Clemens himself, called it home. There's a plaque and everything. It's so important. He said this was his favorite home ever. He lived there for a year. <laughs> but it's his favorite. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, whatever, yeah. Uh, this place already had a reputation for being haunted back in 1900 when he moved in, but Twain was famously a skeptic and mocked any and everyone's belief in the paranormal, even though he had an inexplicable experience in the residence himself. One night, he saw a small piece of wood moving by itself near the fireplace, so he did what any rational human would do in that situation and grabbed a pistol and shot at it. Oh, Jesus. The, the kindling fell to the floor where he saw a few drops of blood. No wounded animal or person was found to explain the blood or floating wood, but Twain insisted that it must have been a rat or something. Methinks Twain doth protest too much. He hosted uh, tons of parties while living in the house, which seems like a perfect defense mechanism to avoid spooky happenings if you do not want to entertain thoughts of ghosts. What was that bump in the night? Oh, must be one of my drunk friends, no big deal. I just have this picture in my head of Mark Twain sipping a glass of whiskey, enjoying a conversation, and he hears some god-awful ghostly moans in the other room, and he narrows his eyes and is like, fuck this bullshit, and cranks up the gramophone till 11. <laughs> Can't hear you, ghost. I'm too busy partying. Ah, <laughs> uh, if I don't hear you or see you, you don't exist. I'm having too much fun right now to be haunted, so... Which, you know, that's a good That's a good way to not be haunted. Just have yeah, too much fun. You for can't, real. You can't be haunted I mean, if you're having fun. They do say if you have, like, a very aggressive ghost, don't interact with it because that's what it wants you to do, right? That's <laughs> yeah, the thing they yeah. say, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm, that, that is the thing they say. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know if the ghosts were aggressive back then, because it was still, like, only 50 years into its being built. But who knows okay. how, where the original ghost came from? I don't know. But anyway, I bet it really boils his biscuits that uh, Mark Twain himself, his apparition has been seen a lot throughout the years in this house after his death. So, guess what? He didn't believe in ghosts, but now his ghost is seen all of the fucking time. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Residents have reported seeing Mark Twain in his signature white suit and hair, mostly on the first floor, sometimes by the staircase, walking about, sometimes in the windows. There's a popular story of a woman who lived in the, on the first floor walking into her living room one evening and seeing a man with that wild hair sitting in a chair looking out the window. She just about jumps out of her skin and she's like, who, who are you and what are you doing here? And he says... My name is Clemens, and I've got problems here i got to settle. And then he disappeared moments later. Or it's the Colonel Sanders. I always feel like Mark Twain <laughs> looks like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I swear. Oh, my God. Sorry. That is hashtag rude. <laughs> <laughs> 
so the death house is also home to a ghost cat. Ooh. Residents sometimes catch glimpses of a cat padding across the room in their apartments when they don't own a cat. <laughs> it vanishes as quick as it appears. Sometimes it is seen following a woman in a long flowing gown. Was also mysterious and vanishes a lot. There's a rando dude who did not want to give his last name to the paper because, I don't know, he has dreams of being a DJ or something. First name is Dennis, though. He says that sometimes lights in his apartment would flicker inexplicably. He has caught flashes of the woman in long gown going from room to room, going through walls and stuff because ghosts don't fucking care about your walls. Dennis also fancies himself an amateur photographer and claims the ghost woman and her cat have scared away many women he has brought to his apartment to photograph. Which... <laughs> That's sure, Dennis. For the best. It's the ghost. It's not you. <laughs> right, it's Dennis. The you're ghost not just and like the a ghost huge cat. Creep. It's not you, photographer be Dennis, being a weirdo. There is this memoir, Spindrift, Spray from a Psychic Sea, written by a woman who lived at 14 West 10th Street for seven years. This thing is hard to find. There's no ebooks, no copies at the library, and apparently, like new quality copies, are going for 200 goddamn dollars. So I almost delayed telling the story entirely until I can get my hands on a used copy. But this was already my second story because I had thrown out my first one because I discovered that it, it, it did something. It was a weird twist and I didn't like it. So I'm just like, I can't do this again. This I can't throw away another goddamn story. Uh, so Jan Bryant Bartell was a poet and a Broadway actress married to a man named Fred. In the 1950s, they moved into an apartment on the top floor, um, which was once the servants' quarters back in the original house's day. She got spooky vibes from the place, but there wasn't a lot of options at the time. And her classic man husband was quick to poo-poo any misgivings or feelings or opinions from his wife. He was a veteran, he had PTSD, and he worked long hours in the restaurant business, which was a recipe for no patience for woo-woo bullshit. So Jan spent a lot of time alone in this apartment. Well, not alone, she had a dog who died tragically not long after moving in. But not before obsessively growling at an invisible menace in a chair that he would not go near. Jan heard strange noises like footsteps following her up the stairs and the sound of crashing glass wherever she went in this whole building with no evidence of actual broken glass anywhere. She felt presences. Sometimes she felt physical sensations like somebody touching the back of her neck. And she began to feel like maybe she was psychic. Oh, uh, activity increased, as it tends to do. Jan witnessed dark shadows. A strange, rotting smell would come and go randomly. Furniture would be moved mysteriously. Uh, one day, a shriveled grape appeared on a clean dinner plate when they had no grapes in the house for months, I tell ya. Months. And one day, Jan witnessed a full-body apparition of a man. So she did what any sensible human would do and reached out to touch him. Now I can give you a quote from the book to give you a feel for her style of writing. Okay. <clears throat> what was it I touched? A substance without substance. Chilly, damp, diaphysis, as marsh, mist, or a cloud of ether. I could feel my fingers freeze at the tips. They were numb, and yet they tingled. In the split second between the contact and recoil, the scent came, fragile and languorous, and sweet, unbearably, cloyingly sweet. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, a lot of the reviews hate her flowery writing. Oh my god, no, I love it. <laughs> but I don't know. I kind of love their dramatic flair. No, for real. She is very, yeah, no, she is very clearly a Broadway actress, a fucking right. poet. She's, she is that, she's that bitch. 
Honestly, if they ever have to do like an audio version of her book, you should narrate that for sure. Oh. <laughs> I don't even think I can pronounce half those fucking words. That's okay. You just you just get through them. Fake, fake it till I make it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in Jan's research into what the fuck was happening around her, she calls in a famous paranormal investigator for help um, by the name of Hans Holzer. Uh, this guy investigated the amine of, amine of fucking Christ. Amida. The Red Room House. The Amy. Amityville? Am, am, that one. <laughs> that, that horror house. <laughs> I can't say that oh, word. Horrible, horrible Amityville? He investigated that house in 1977 and has written over 140 books on the paranormal. Hans brought a medium, probably Ethel Myers, who investigated that other house with him who was like, hey, I got a lot of ghosts pinging on my radar here. She said there was something dead underneath the floorboards. Three dead things, probably. She felt there was a young girl with curly hair, blue eyes, and a tiny nose, an aborted child, and a small gray cat. Oh boy. As you do, the medium snapped into a trance and was possessed by a spirit who claimed to be Rini Mallison, a 19-year-old who said she was born in 1848. She blamed President Lincoln for killing her husband, Henry McDermott, for, by making him fight in the Civil War. And then she wailed over her aborted child. Oh dear. So the paranormal investigator, Hans, was all like, okay, enough of this. All you ghosts have got to go. The Bartels are the rightful occupants now, so leave. Shoot, get on it. Get on out of here. Uh, the ghost replied through their medium, Never! I will never leave here! They will have to go! This is my home! I will never leave! So after that, Jan and Fred decided, hey, maybe this is just too much drama, so they moved to the suburbs. But Jan felt like the house had poisoned her, um, and she like was so changed by the whole house and the experience that she wrote a book about her psychic awakening and all the hauntings and like that whole era of her life. She died either shortly before or shortly after it was published. Her red conflicting reports. Some sources say it was mysterious, some say it was a heart attack, and some say it was suicide. A lot of reviews mention how unstable she sounded in her book and more than one suspected that she was depressed and very much untreated because it was the 50s. Right. So treatment back then was not treatment at all. Her bra's too tight or like she's yeah. on her period. But those are the yeah, excuses. Just, yeah, just slap her face and go, just cheer up. Give her some booze. That's all. <laughs> Speaking, I'm going to read a partial review from Don Gillette on Goodreads. He gave it two out of five stars. Ooh. Don Gillette wrote, If you're a ghost story aficionado, you might like this, but don't expect major scares. Just a creepy aura. Jen Bryant Bartell, in my opinion, was out there. Far out there. She saw ghosts and spirit intervention in every single thing that ever happened to her. Little parentheses. And there, in a magazine about dogs, was a photo of the breed of dog I had adopted three days before. In parentheses. Throughout the book, she claims to have had a distaste for alcohol, but it seemed like every single day she was adding a splash of anisette to her coffee or knocking back a <laughs> bottle of wine with lunch or pouring herself a few fingers of brandy to steal her nerves, etc. 
along with her couple of Valium every day, and most people would be seeing ghosts too. Damn. Apparently, she was going through it. <laughs> but that does not mean it was not haunted. No, I but think it also does she not mean she was lively as she describes. She was a, a treat. <laughs> but yeah. All right, one last tragic story to wrap this whole house. Um, this took place on November 1st, 1987. An outwardly normal, respectable family lived there on the second floor. We got Joel Steinberg, a criminal defense attorney, his common-law wife, Hedda Nossenbaum, who was a children's book editor, and their two children, six-year-old Lisa and 18-month-old Mitchell. But these kids weren't their bio kids like they pretended to the world. They were illegally adopted. Just... They were snatched? Uh, they were half-snatched. Okay. Joel was paid to find them adopted parents and he just took them home oh and yes unofficially really like, there's no paperwork there's no it's yeah so that's why nice it's illegal you can't just, you, <laughs> yeah you can't do that there are rules but he did it he did it twice um so uh joel and hedda shared a cocaine and or crack problem the news reports kept referring to smoking cocaine but i don't think you smoke cocaine i think you no. smoke crack right i don't yeah i don't know <laughs> So, November 1st, Hedda asked Joel some innocuous question about Lisa. He went into Lisa's room and came out a few minutes later, carrying the little girl's unconscious body. He told Hedda that Lisa kept staring at him and it was too much, that she was trying to hypnotize him just like Hedda was doing. Lisa also used negative words like can't and won't and it bothered him. He could not take the staring, so he knocked her down and now she was being difficult and refused to get back up. So he went out to party, periodically returning to the house to smoke cocaine, quote, 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 and complain <laughs> of the staring. <laughs> Finally, in the morning, he let Hedda call 911 uh, when Lisa still would not wake up. But it was too late. She died the oh, next day Jesus. in the hospital. It was this horrible crime that gave the house the moniker of the house of death. So Joel Steinberg was convicted of manslaughter, and he maintained his innocence. He said it was insanity. He said he thought Lisa was in a cult. So a six-year-old. Yes. I hate people. Yes, people are terrible, especially people in this house. I guess. Yeah. You got recommendations? Okay, my one recommendation: go to Romania. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend it. The people were fairly nice in, like, the touristy areas, and mm -hmm. a lot of them spoke English, which was helpful, and everything's super cheap, except the flight. But other than that, everything's hella cheap. It is such a poor country, though. <laughs> but it's still really cool to visit. Okay. Well, by the time this comes out, I'm pretty sure Ghost Brothers is coming back. Ooh! Starting August 16th. They're going to be coming back. Ghost Brothers, Haunted House Guests. Yeah, and they're going to be, um, I think, doing more uh, residential stuff. Okay, There's, cool. And they, I think they, call, they called it like a, this will be like a slumber party where they look for ghosts. So I love it's just it. Like, that sounds like so much fun. Oh, yeah. No, I really love that show. And I was sad that it like stopped airing, but now they're coming back. So fun. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Oh, I think my other recommendation was the Oddities and Curiosities Expo. Um, you, like, can't go to that now till next year. I'm sure they do other ones in other states, though, at different times. 
Yeah. So look for it. I'm pretty sure it's like the same type of thing in every place that they do it. And I don't. I should have had all my cards. There were some vendors I wanted to like shout out, but I'll do that in the next episode. Okay, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I do also want to give a quick shout out to Beth, who's going to be editing our episodes, which I'm very excited for. Thanks, Beth. Thank you, Beth. We'll try we not to make do it this too without difficult. <laughs> this one will be the most difficult because we're very rusty. Oh, it's so bad. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Um. So. Thanks for, like, if you still had us on your favorites, thanks, because Surprise. it has been a long time. We're really excited to be doing this again. Thanks for, like, not delating us. Yeah. And if you did, fuck you. But also, I get it. Hopefully you rediscover us. Yes. Hopefully we pop back into your life. Boo! <laughs> Oh, God. So, real quick, we are recording differently now. Yeah, so it's going to sound really different, especially yeah. this first new episode, because we are testing out um, where, <laughs> how. Right. It'll, it's, and this one's especially rough. I'm in a very echoey room, and all of my pets are right behind me. So this was poor choice on my part, but... And I'm laying in a bed with no pants. Perfect. So... <laughs> there's that yeah. so again mm. thank you for listening oh follow us on instagram twitter yeah. and facebook join our group we have we still been posting like occasionally if we find yeah. like, funny memes like we didn't ever like completely abandon everything we just like you know but we're back spookier right. than ever so follow so. us um we're the ghost hose on basically everything mm-hmm. and our email is the ghost hose at gmail.com so if you have any spooky stories, send them our way. All right, this has been the longest ending. We just—it's oh. like we don't want to end it. I know it's because we're—we don't remember how to end. Uh, I know how we end it. Ready? Oh, yeah. oh God, I don't know if this is gonna work. Bye, booze. It's gonna kind of work. We'll just have to work with it. That'll be. That'll be rough. (laughs) That'll just be the worst part of the episode. That's it. Yeah.